Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, it's Father's Day and we've been talking about Father's Day even in the offering today because it's a very special day and fathers are extremely important. I don't know if you realize how important a father is in your life. Maybe you grew up in a home where you hated your father. Like the prodigal son, the prodigal didn't value his father and he left his home only to wake up later and realize, hey, I've got an incredible father. And then he went back home and Jesus used that as an example of our relationship with the father. Now, in a moment, we're going to watch an interview with someone in America, one of our friends, and then I'm going to interview another great friend of Rivers. But I want to just lay out some things about Father's Day and fathering because it exactly relates to us and God the Father. If you don't understand this in the natural, you won't understand it in the spiritual. Now, Miles Monroe, in speaking about fatherhood, quoted from Time magazine where they did a secular survey, secular survey, and this is what they said. They said virtually more than any other factor, a biological father's presence in the family will determine a child's success and happiness. So whether you're successful or happy is determined by the presence of a biological father. Now, a lot of people tell me this, oh, we're getting divorced. We fight so much. For the sake of the children, we think it's better. I want to tell you, the presence of a biological father, even when you're having difficulties and struggling, will teach that child how to work out challenges, how to relate, and will help shape their lives. So hang in there, stay married, get uh, solutions, get counseling, come and see our pastors and leaders, go online, there is help for you because a father is extremely important in a child's life. I was reading that studies have also shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, their children's cognitive and social development actually improves. And we, you know, we leave it all up to the schools. We leave everything up to government. You know, gender-based violence. We've seen racism rise up. You know where it all starts? In the home, where your father and mother demonstrate how to relate, and a child is affected, especially by the father. I was reading as well that a child's overall sense of well-being and their confidence comes from their father, from watching their father. So fathers, you play an important role. You might feel inadequate, you might get it wrong, you might say, well, I didn't have a good role model, but it's extremely important for you to realize that you have a part to play and God wants to use you in the raising of your children. And uh, anyone can father a child, but it takes a lifetime to be a dad. It's a skill and we can learn it from God our Father and from other fathers in the church. David Blankenhorn, the author of a book called Fatherless America, wrote this. And, and just by the way, the subtitle of the book is Confronting Our Most Urgent Social Problem. Notice that, confronting our most urgent social problem. I know we think it's racism, we think it's gender-based violence, but he says a fatherless generation is the most urgent problem. And let me quote him here. He says, the United States is becoming an increasingly fatherless generation. A generation ago, an American child could reasonably expect to grow up with his father. Today, an American child can reasonably expect not to. So most people are growing up without fathers and are expecting not to have their father around because that's become the norm and that's not God's best. He goes on to say this. He said, fatherlessness is the most destructive trend of our generation. 
I want you to think about that. You know, we just break up homes. We just disband. We just marry other people. People live together. Oh, we don't need all that old-fashioned Victorian stuff. Oh, the Bible's outdated today. You know, you define what a family is. But he says it's the most destructive trend in our culture. That's something worth thinking about. Now, Pastor Chris, our youth pastor, I asked him to interview Pastor Jedediah Thurner, great friend of Rivers. Pastor Jedediah is involved with Missions Me, an organization that's touching the entire world as a young man doing a phenomenal job. But I've spent time with him personally and with his wife and their children. What a lovely family they are and what a great father he is. I asked Pastor Chris to interview him and I want you to notice what he says about family values and how important they are. Let's have a look. Jedediah, the first question is, if you've been married for like 14 years, um, were you like 12 when you got married? Yeah, nice try. I was 23 and 22. My wife was 22. And we're actually, this is our 15th year. So October 28th, 15th year. Awesome. Um, but I know, that, I know that wasn't the real question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it being Father's Day weekend, um, you're obviously, you're, you're a dad, you're a father. But on the flip side, you were also the son to someone. And what was your relationship like with your dad growing up? Yeah, man, I've been so blessed to have... Uh, the best father. It's a fact. He's uh, my hero, one of my best friends. Uh, the best things I do in life in ministry, I inherited from him. I know I'm just spending my spiritual inheritance. And I, I'm extremely blessed because I had a dad that affirmed and loved and celebrated and pushed me without pressure into all that God has and loved my mom like I've never seen a husband love my mom and made sure I knew that she was his wife and not just my mother multiple times through disciplinary conversations. It was don't talk to my wife that way. Wow. I don't care if she's your mother, that's my wife. And, and he really modeled servant leadership. You know, I never had them, my parents never fought in public. We never yelled at each other. And my dad served relentlessly. My mom's obviously incredible as well. So I've been very blessed, man, to have someone who I do ministry and life with and love to be around. And obviously having such a good role model as a father, how has that shaped you um, as a dad with your kids? Oh, it's everything. You know, my, my parents put us first. And I, I think what I've had to learn in this season is I don't want to give my kids what's left. I want to give my kids what's best. And I think so often in our lives, you know, we're running with very little margin when it comes to our, our, our most deepest relationships, which is our wife, our spouse husband or, or wife and our kids. And so often we give everyone our best and then we give our family what's left. And I realized that if I was going to leverage my life for people I did not know, right, that's what I'm doing for ministry, that I'm going to give my family just as much as I give the world. And I used to budget my family's time and our resources so I could spend more time with people and bless more people. And I realized that God does not have a limited pie and that if I have hours to give the world, I'm going to give my family hours. And I have resources to give the world, I'm going to give my family the same thing. So I'm just never going to give the world what I don't first give my family. And I also realized that my, my first ministry is family, you know? So a lot of people, I remember a leader asking me saying, Jedediah, who's your disciples? Who are you discipling? I started thinking of our students and pastors and I started naming them and he goes, you messed, messed up, bro. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, your first answer should have been Amber, Anaya, and at that time it was just Dayla. Now I have Caden. He said, these are your disciples. These are your greatest investments. You know, so what I've realized is success is what you produce, but greatness is what you reproduce, wow. which is why success lives in lifetimes, but greatness lives in legacies. Man. So I'm less focused on being successful and I'd rather be great. And greatness is going to be defined, not what I do, 
for what my kids do after I'm gone. Man, that's powerful. Um, I remember the, the one year I was driving you and in the car, it's one of the things that stuck with me. Um, and you said, because um, for, for those of uh, for those of the people watching and, and they may not know this is, how many, how many thousand miles do you travel a year? A couple hundred thousand kilometers a year. Jeez. Probably, I don't even want to say how many days gone because I, I don't like saying those numbers publicly. It's so bad. But, but you spend, you're someone who spends a lot of time traveling um, with, with all, the, all the stuff that you do. Um, but you said that you know, when, when, when it comes to the beginning of the year and you set your calendar, you schedule your values first and then everything falls into that. And I think, and I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, of men and fathers who are obviously in business. They have lots of travel arrangements. They have lots of business stuff, late hours, um, especially coming out of um, COVID and all of those things. Um, what advice would you give them in terms of balancing your family, your travel and work all together? Yeah, I, I think, well, you, you nailed it. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, getting that revelation. Show me your schedule and I'll show you your values. You know, so if you just looked at someone's schedule, if you just pulled out your planner and it's work trip and it's work meeting and it's this, I just realized that I was scheduling my family last. So they weren't getting what was best or getting what's left. So I remember going, my values family first. So I'm going to schedule my Sabbath first and my vacation before we pick ministry trips, business trips, new opportunities. This is priority because I want to protect this space to ensure that they have the time. So if someone says, hey, dating my wife's important, but there's no date on the calendar for months, it's not a value. Show me your schedule, show your values. Hey, kid time's significant, vacation, but if you don't schedule it, it's just not gonna happen. You know, so I would, I would definitely say it's time to recalibrate our priorities. And then I would also say for me, everything we do, and this is, I don't know if you'll use it, but everything we do is filtered through values. So just like a church, you guys have a culture and you guys have vision and you have a leader who's, who's I've just stolen the language, doing life by design, right? Like that beautiful language. So I always say you'll never get to a desired destination by default. You only get to that desired destination by design. And what I've realized when it comes to my kids, I don't want to teach them what to see or even what to say. I want to teach them how to see. So even in our own family, we have values that every one of my kids could say. So if my Naya was here, if I said leaders, she would say our learners. I would say honor, she would say is for everyone. I would say family, she would say is forever. I would say generosity, she would say is a lifestyle. I would say because we love Jesus, we love people. And the reason why this is so significant is every correction moment in a conversation with my kids all gets pointed back to a value. Hey, you didn't share. I'm not disciplining you for not sharing. I'm reestablishing the value of generosity as a lifestyle. So this is it. Hey, you hurt your sister. Hey, family's forever. So for me, it's, it's this calibration point which I think as leaders of our family, fathers, if you haven't identified the values of your family, you're gonna have a family you don't like because it's not gonna align with values you never established. So for me, understanding values and making that part of our core is not gonna teach my kids what to say or how to say, but how to see, which will filter what they say based on what they see. Man, that's brilliant. And um, uh, just the last question before we close is this, what advice would you give young dads today man it's a great question any leader cannot take people to a place you've never been that's the fact you cannot take your family or your kids to a place you've never been you can't take them to a place you've never been 
with Jesus. You can't take them to a place you've never been with generosity. You can't take them to a place you've never been with humility. You can't take them to a place you've never been with submission. You can't take them to a place you've never been. You can't lead people to a place you've never been. You are the limit of leadership of your family. So my advice is I need to go where I want my family to go. So I have to find that place of encounter. I have to find that place of surrender. I have to find that place of humility. And then, because you know, it's, it's when it comes to your kids and your family, it's more about what's caught than what's taught. Mm -hmm. They don't care what you say, but they're watching everything you do. So I have to take myself to a place of surrender and submission and honor and humility so that I can take my family with me. I would also say great advice that I, I would want to instill is the best thing we can do, period, is put our kids in an environment for an encounter. That's it. At the end of the day, God changes hearts. God changes minds. God gives people, you know, a new start. And I have to create an environment where my kids have an experiencing encountering God without me, without my guidance, without my direction, without me leading them into that encounter. And so that's why being a part of a church is so significant. The kids ministry, I mean, man, the kids structures at Rivers is just nuts. When I first went there, I was like, I want to be a kid and go to church all over again. I mean, it's just crazy. What's so beautiful about it? You're putting your kids in an environment to have an encounter. And I know a lot of people that never did that. They have a teenager and they're like, he's in drugs, he's strung out, he's this. And I'm like, the only answer is God, but you've never given him the practice of experiencing an encounter God, which means your only hope again is trying to get them to have an encounter. So put your kids in an environment to an encounter and experience God, kids camp, church, small groups, because that, at the end of the day, the thing that stuck with me was not just what my parents did or said, it was the encounters I had with God because of the places they took me that changed my life forever. Well, wasn't that great to hear from Pastor Jedediah, the ideal father raising a young man who now himself is a brilliant father. But you know what I've discovered? When you listen to people like that, you can become discouraged because you think back to your background. For instance, I grew up without a father. And so you can think, oh, I wish. But I want to tell you that even growing up without a father, you can be a good father. And I've got with me today another guest, Pastor Chris Matabula. And Pastor Chris only learned to read at the age of 15, grew up without a dad, but he's turned out to be a phenomenal dad. So Pastor Chris today, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. And uh, so good to chat to you. And uh, when I look at you and your family, I love spending time with you. In fact, it's been too long. Yeah. We've been in lockdown. The way you relate to your kids, the way they respond to you, the kind of young people they are. It's very clear that you and Pindi have a great family. Obviously, like every family, it has challenges. But you've become a great father. And yet your background has been so difficult. Your upbringing wasn't ideal. Yeah. And I think it can give a lot of people hope. So let's talk about, about that today. I mean, your teenage years must have been difficult. Yeah. Having no dad in your life to model things for you, to teach you values? Yeah. I think that was a painful environment for me, Pastor Andre. And I actually used that pain, you know, to become a good father because I didn't want my children to experience what I've, I've experienced while I was young. I mean, growing up, there's no father there. There's no one who's showing you the boundaries, how to do things, you know, how to even brush your teeth, how to deal with yourself as a teenager, how to handle life. It was a tough moment and in a painful moment. I mean, a season where you could not even 
have an opportunity of respecting girls because we have never seen somebody modeling that. Mm. You become aggressive, you become angry, you rebel against everybody, not even honoring the laws of the country because there was no one who was there. And I realized that later on when I had children, I said to myself, I don't want my children to go through that. I'm going to be there you know, for them as a father and build them to become better men and better women, you know, for this nation. That's fantastic. So it's like the motivation. Yeah. What happened to me, I don't want to happen to them, so I'm going to make up for it. But where did you get the skills from? Because it does require skills. You, you've had no one modelling it, so you can't say, well, I saw him and I saw him do that and I saw him and that's the way he treated my mom. Where did you get some of those skills from? Did you have anyone mentoring you? The church? When did you get saved? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got saved at the age of 18. You know, wish it was my prime time where I was even about to go to prison because of my life. And that is when somebody came to me and ministered the gospel to me and wish it was a blessing. And for the first time, I was able to see, you know, great men in the church, you know, people who were really modeling, you know, the life of a father. And my pastor, you know, who is um, passed on now, he was the man who actually asked me to come closer to him. He said, observe me, you know, he would take me to his home. I would look at him, how he was handling, you know, his wife, how he was treating his children. And in the deep, in, in my heart, deep in my heart, I felt, you know what, I would want to have this. This is the type of a family I would want to have, you know. So for me, you know, giving my life to Christ and being in a good environment, because you would never have what um, you, you have not been given, or you cannot give what you don't have. It is very important. So I was able you know, to get something from him, and at the end of the day, I'm able now to give it you know, to other people. So mentorship as well, it is the key. You, know, it, you might be in a position where you said, I don't have a father, I grew up without a father. It doesn't mean it's the end of That's the world. Right, yeah. you know? That can change if you surround yourself with the right people and who can mentor you. And, and show you a guidance. That's so true. I can relate to that because I grew up without a dad yeah. and my mom was very strong and very balanced, so very, very fortunate there. But uh, when I got saved and came into the church, you learn, you see families, you see role yeah. models, yeah. you see people have grown up in healthy families and now they're Christians and you, you watch that and you, you learn from that. I think the church is really the answer yeah. to the ills in our world today. We keep, we keep looking at uh, politics for the answer yeah. and we need good government. Thank God for good government and fair government. We, we never want to take that for granted. But politics are not the answer because often we attack the fruit yeah. of a thing, you know, gender-based violence. Yeah, we need to deal with that. 16 days of activism. But actually it started in the home. Definitely. And if we can see men who treat women properly, then that's how we treat a woman. You know, you don't lift your hand to a woman. You don't, yeah. you don't solve problems by fighting, not with anyone, in fact, let alone with a woman. And I think that's so important. And so we need men in the church, don't you think, that, that can Definitely. mentor others and take them under their wing. We also need young people who are open and say, teach me. Definitely. I haven't been taught. I'm weak in this area. Father me so I can father my children that's right. and I can be a good husband to my, my family. Right. You are totally right, Pastor Andre. You know, Going back to my life, you know, as a young person, as I was saying, you know, that environment was not conducive. Even the problems that we are facing in this nation, I would tell you it is because these young people who are murdering our girls, who are raping women, it is because they've never been in an environment where they've been taught how to behave yeah. and how to live life. I remember very well, I was an angry young man. 
You know, I was aggressive to my mother. I was aggressive to my siblings. I never had the respect, you know, for, for my neighbors. You'll still break. It, it sounds like, you know what, I want to show somebody. You know, you think you, you have this attitude that says, you know, somebody's owing me something and I just want to revenge because there's that anger. But if the church can begin to play its role, you know, even the man in the church, you begin to give that mentorship. You begin to, to model the life of a father. Let me tell you, this is the only solution of redeeming this nation, our boys, or otherwise, we are doomed as a nation. So I want to say we need men like before, you know, to reach out and begin to mentor these young people and our future will be bright. I reckon so too. It's, it's, it's amazing how there's an anger in people especially when you've grown up in a family, a dysfunctional family or without a family, you, you rebel, you, you kind of say, well, I don't care, yeah. and you've hurt me. And we end up as wounded people, yeah. lashing out at everything. And uh, when you come to Christ, you get healed. And then, you know, if people can mentor you and shape you, Beautiful. that's where healing comes. And yeah. really what a father does is what God the Father does. That's eh? it. God that's the Father it. gives us guidance, he gives us security, gives us identity. And I think we only find that in Christ. Definitely. And I think our churches are playing a role in yeah. that. And I think it just requires humility, would you say, in, in, if you've grown up without a father or you've come from a d dysfunctional home, to say, hey, I need help, help me. Definitely. I mean, people, they need to know that there is help. You know, if yes. God has helped me today, and I'm not even ashamed to say that, you know, I'm, I'm a good father. And not only to, to, to my children. I mean, if you sit with them, they'll keep on saying that we are so blessed to have you. I mean, I was just a broken young man a few years ago, and now I have become this father. It is very important for people to know that there is still hope. You know, yes. you cannot just camp into that pain and say there is hope. There is no hope. So the nation needs to know that as much as we have run about 67%, you know, of families in this nation without a father, we can still deal with that, you know, and if we can take that role, play, make sure, make sure that we, we help our young people, we can find a solution. But taking a backseat and say there is no solution, there's no answer to this thing, I don't believe that. Um, that is the way to go. Yeah. Surely the church plays a vital role, Pastor Andre. We do, and we've got fathers, we've got fathers. And we've got church. fathers. You are a good father, you know, and not just to your children, but to the nation. To the church. And yeah. to the church, and, and this is what people are benefiting now, because when you stand there and preach the, the word, it is fathers and sons who are getting these values, and they become great men and the women of God, because you are fathering them. In the interview with Jedediah, he spoke a lot about family values. And you know, our churches have values. We're very clear on what our yeah. values are. But a family needs values. Yeah. And they need to be almost documented and written down unless they, you know, uh, if they're not spoken about, they need to be written down. And, and a family needs to be guided by its values. And if a family doesn't have a value where they value finance, you know, working with money, value hard work, diligence in their studies, um, respect for women, those, those kind of things need to be spoken because we speak about them in church, but people go home and it's like, well, that's church, you know, yep. and this is home. But I think the home and the church, are, that's the big family and this is the smaller family. Yep. And it's kind of the same. And if we can get that from church family into family, family homes, I think yes. we'll change the nation. Yeah. Pastor Andre, everything functions with values. Yeah. You know, for your car to function very well, you need to you know, honor the laws, you know, of um, a motor mechanic. That's a you need to honor that because everything functions with that. If you drive now and you're not going to honor the traffic lights, it says red, you need to stop. You're saying, no, I'm not going to honor that. 
That traffic light, it is not there to make your life difficult. It is there to make your life better, to protect you. So when you put values in a family, values are not there to destroy the lives of people. They are there to make the lives of people. Flourish. You know, flourish. Yeah. If I did not have values that I receive in the church, I don't think I would become a man that I am today. In church, I was taught that if I want to flourish, I must be a disciplined young man. I must discipline myself, you know. I must be diligent. I need to work hard if I need to see things happening in my life. I need to honor, I need to respect women. You know, those values are there not because they wanna deprive me something, you know, that is good, but they are there to build me and to build a better society so that everybody can benefit from this. So values are not wrong. Values, they make a man and a woman to become great and to build a legacy for the nation. Yeah, it's wonderful. I totally agree with you. And, and just let me pick up there. You've just brought out a book, Devoted Citizen. Eh? Yeah. I know you've been preaching a whole series and now you've written. Yes. Uh, see some of the excerpts on uh, Instagram and I'm looking forward to getting a copy. Lovely. I actually have got your copy. Have you? Yeah. Great. Because yeah. I see you, you mentioned on Instagram that it won't be on Kindle. Yeah. You're working on it. Yes. So I thought I need a hard copy, but uh, yeah, seeing you today, it's great. But that book really addresses a lot of what we're talking about, the boundaries of the boundaries. living life and then flourishing as a result. You know, people today, it's like they, they think the law there to inhibit them, it's there to restrict them, you know, the, the, we, we talk about the, the flexibility of Africa, you know, we, we t we're too rigid, no, no, I think those things are for the good of everybody. Definitely. And the same in the family, when they clear boundaries, then everyone flourishes. Definitely. I mean, the few things that I touched on that book, I say, you know, good, devoted citizens, they love their country. Mm. You can't just keep on littering everywhere. Mm. You can't just go on and you know, helping yourself. That is why you've got a place that is called a toilet. You've got a place that is called a restaurant. Those things, they're helping us to build the nation. Yes. You know, as much as you have freedom, freedom comes with responsibility. Right, yeah. You know, you honor the laws of the country. Yeah. By doing that, you are building a great nation. Those are values that makes the nation to become great. You look at all the nations, you know, other countries that we call them great nations. It is because they follow the rules. And you look at countries that they don't follow any, right. you know, rules or laws. And and they are nowhere to be found because people, they are not disciplined, people, they don't honor themselves, people, they don't honor one another. At the end of the day, we produce children who cannot even honor their parents and honor themselves, and they can't even honor the nation, they end up being in prison because we never taught discipline and so that they can flourish. And no honor, no honor in the home, no honor for authority. No honor for authority. Because there's just no authority in your That's life. It. It's never been and there never will be. That's it. And all governments are wrong and look That's at the it. past and look at the present. You know, it's, it, it, everything roots in, you know, roots church, in the home. Church taught me to honor my yes, elderly people. Yes. It, also taught me to, to honor the government. People that don't understand, it is the church that made me to honor the government. It is the church that made me to pay my taxes, you know, to honor the government even in that area, to say it is the right thing as a Christian to pay your taxes. And my children, they are watching this, and they are saying when we grow up, we just want to be like you. Unfortunately, our boys and girls, they don't see that, and they grow up and they become rebellious because they've never been taught at home. Yeah. So it's very key. Fantastic, man. So nice talking to you today. You know, I realize the, again how similar we are in our approach to life and church life and leadership and, uh, and what the answer is to the nation. People are, keep looking for political solutions. You know, they did that in Jesus' time. They kept wanting Jesus to be a political leader, but it's actually a spiritual issue. Lovely. And it's about the family 
And it's about obeying God's word in our homes, and then as a result, our nation will be good. Definitely. And uh, I've got great hope for our nation. I've got great hope for our world. But uh, we need to look at the right source. Beautiful. Not, not attack fruits, but deal with roots. Eh? Lovely. And also to encourage you, Pastor Andre, and other pastors who might be watching, we need to say to you, you are doing a great work. And keep on laboring and keep on doing what you are doing. You are making a difference. And even to other pastors, because we are living in the world where people, they want to make us as if, you know, church is not that important. Mm -hmm. We are not adding value. You know, there were some statements that came up recently that, you know, we are not adding value into the economy. You know, I don't believe that is true. The church is here. You remove a church just for six months in this world. The whole world, it is doomed. Yes, so let's right. keep up doing the good work. We are impacting the lives of people. The church is here and it's adding value. And I just want to say thank you it for is. the good work that you're doing. Well, you know what? I need to commend you too because we, we, we spent a lot of time together over the years. And I've actually never said to you on camera that you're doing a fantastic well, job. I mean, I tell you when I come to your church and I get to preach there, wow. but you're doing a great job as a father. Thank you. And as a father of your church and as a father of the nation. And well, God is promoting you. you, blessing you and opening great doors for you. And I think you're a brilliant role model you, of someone who is strong, strong on values, strong on, you know, we're against gender-based violence, we're against racism, we're against evils, we believe in hard work, but we, and, and we believe in good government, but yes. we're not politically aligned. We're, we're spiritually coming from, and, and that's what I really respect about oh, you. Thank you, I'm humbled by that, and, thank uh, you so much. Keep doing it, well done on the book. Thank you. And uh, I want to promote that book. It's going to be on Kindle soon. They're working on it, but the hard copy is available. It will be available in the Rivers Resource Center. We all need to be devoted citizens. Romans 13 teaches us that, teaches us about submitting to authority, even when it's not ideal, because it's God's mechanism. And uh, fathers, if we, want, if we want our kids to listen to us, imperfect as we are, then we need to listen to a government, imperfect as it is, because that's where divine order comes from. So, Pastor Chris, thank you very much for being with us today. God bless you and your church. Have a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bless you. Well, there we go. What a great, a great time we've had in those two discussions. I hope you benefited from them. And before you go, just stay with me for a moment here. You know, it's Father's Day. And uh, when, when there's a focus on Mother's Day, Father's Day, it causes us to stop and think. It causes us to focus. Like when you go to a funeral, you focus on death. It, it, it makes you do something. It's not just a tradition. It causes you to think through things. And I, if you're a dad today, I want you to really think through the role that you play. Now, if you're divorced and you're separated, you can still be a good dad. You can still model for your children and, and show how to reconcile and how to deal with conflict because this is all where the problems in our society come from. They all stem from the home. And you know, I found it fascinating that even single parent homes where a woman is on her own raising children, that's where the highest incidence of poverty is. So we're trying to deal with inequality. We're trying to deal with racism. We're trying to deal with gender-based violence. But you know where it starts? It starts with you and I. Us deciding we're going to be fathers, we're going to be mothers, and we're going to take our responsibility seriously, even if we messed up in the past. And you know, the best place to get guidance is to go to God's Word and to be part of God's church, because that's where you learn who God the Father is. God the Father is the one who gives us our identity. See, it doesn't say our force which art in heaven, it's our Father who art in heaven. So God is a family man, if you like, and we get our identity from him. God is also our guidance and security. He disciplines us, he has laws, but he's not just some force that's out there that's angry. 
He always does things for our benefit, and he's always wanting us to thrive. He gives us guidance from his word. He gives us truth. He gives us clarity. None of us needs to be angry and struggling and in the dark, not knowing what to do. We've got God as our Father, and he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us, to speak to us. So while he might be in heaven, he's left the word and he's left the spirit. And so we can guide our families with those values and we can lead our homes and we can change our world. Let's never forget that the word of God and the church of God is the answer to society. You can't solve things by political decree. We need good government. You solve them one life at a time. So dads, take heed. Let's, let's make sacrifices. Let's die to self and let's really make an effort to build wonderful homes and build a wonderful nation. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.